This episode is brought to you by Affordable Drill Towers. Founded in 2016 by our good friend Steve Sanguidoce, a retired Houston, Texas firefighter, the Affordable Drill Tower was designed and built with functionality and versatility in mind for any training ground. As a standalone training tower and add-on to an existing burn building or connect setup, the Affordable Drill Tower packs a massive punch at an affordable price tag. With over 50 towers across the country, from Massachusetts to California, Montana to Texas, professionally engineered, NFPA and ISO compliant, the Affordable Drill Towers brings the versatility to your training ground. From Main Street USA, the small town fire company in their back parking lot, to the training grounds of the largest metropolitan fire academy, the Affordable Drill Tower fits the bill for price and functionality. Check them out at AffordableDrillTowers.com. And two things I like to talk about also when talking about our friends over at Affordable Drill Towers. One, their customized training program. They have the ability to bring some of the best talent from across the country to your home turf after the install of the Affordable Drill Tower. Designing a customized training program for you and your department, Steve will facilitate some of the biggest and brightest names of the American Fire Service to come in and work with you and your department. And secondly, and I think most important, is Steve's belief in need over greed. The affordable drill tower company gives back to not-for-profits that support organizations in the American Fire Service. Organizations such as the Joey D Foundation, which is near and dear to Steve Sanguidoche's heart, as well as many other not-for-profits that he takes a part of. He takes great pride in providing funding for organizations that push this job forward. So check them out. Steve and Dennis over at Affordable Drill Towers. Send them an email at info at affordabledrilltowers.com. Check them out on social media. And their YouTube page is kicking butt with great information, training nuggets, and information about their towers. So check them out, Affordable Drill Towers, and let them know Jeremy over at National Fire Radio sent you. This episode's brought to you by Ridgeway Leatherworks. Ridgeway Leatherworks is a firefighter-owned and operated business as well as a family-run business, and that's what I love about it. Rob and his family are passionate about their customer service and the quality product and craftsmanship they put out for the emergency services. Rob's been on the show. We've been to his his business. We've seen them in action. I've even tried to hand-paint radio straps. I promise you, it is not as easy as what the final outcome looks like. The product is so good, it's so clean and crisp, and yet, man, it takes that steady hand. Rob's become a near and dear friend of our podcast, and you hear that over and over when we talk about our sponsors, that they're friends, supporters, and that's what this networking community is all about, is supporting one another. Ridgeway Leatherworks, Rob Meyer, crushing it. Quality and craftsmanship is number one. Customer service is right there with it. From custom radio straps, universal radio holsters, chin straps, flashlight holders, anti-sway straps, and locker tags made out of leather, there's plenty of opportunity along the way when you deal with Ridgeway Leatherworks. So check them out at RidgewayLeatherworks.com. Find them on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And tell Rob you heard about him on the National Fire Radio platform and give them a little pluck and tell them keep up the good work we need to support our firefighter owned businesses and especially family run businesses where his two daughters and his wife help out day in and day out along with his other employees so again ridgeway leatherworks check them out at ridgewayleatherworks.com and find them on all your social media channels
Here we are, everybody, on episode 31 of the Size Up by National Fire Radio, and thanks for joining me on your Tuesday morning, afternoon, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever day you're listening, but these all come out on Tuesday, so I'm just going to continue to say Tuesday, and I am still messing up that whole intro, or I didn't like that one. Like, hey, everybody, like, I guess it's better than the what's up, but I don't know. And I, it, this is going to be a work in progress and someone's going to write me an intro, I think. And I'm just going to run with that forever on every episode, but intro with the music. <laughs> oh, see, you know, I love it too. The guests just talk now. They don't, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do a quick intro and I'll get you going. And the guests are like, screw you, Pip. I'm talking to say this. It, so the music thing, all right, wait now. Cause I can't talk to you cause I didn't introduce you yet. So you're messing up my podcast flow here, but my guest today is we've been, uh, like circling each other for years now and and online buddies I guess we've never really met even though we run in a lot of the same circles but he's got so many interesting things to talk about and I can't wait to get into a bunch of these uh, and I'm just going to go with it now but but Rick Ricardo Roman from the FDNY CrossFit and I guess the FDNY and Queens right Queens yeah I live in Queens working living, in Manhattan living in Queens working in Manhattan welcome to the size up man thanks for joining me today Cheers, Rob. Thanks for having me, man. Rob, dude, call me Pip. You know better than that, man. Rob is so all right. Good. Say no more. Yeah, it's, it's like the worst, man. I can't. Man. I use I use your official name. You use my official. Name. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I, got you. <laughs> I see. I, I like how you play that one. So it's like, man, you use the real name on here. I'm dropping yours, and everybody's gonna know. But so, <laughs> I so got the, you, Pip. I got you going forward. The music thing is hard in the podcast world because of the music rights that are out there and how. Sebi, our audio engineer, gets the music that he puts on is this crazy way that I'm not going to say out loud because we were talking about things listening and we don't want to get busted for what we do. But like, I almost need someone to record me some original podcast music and then it would be cool to get to what you're saying. Jot down the notes, man, on the whiteboard. Jot them down. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw. So before we started, Rick moved his... <laughs> whiteboard out of the way so no one would steal his notes that he had written on there and steal your your ideas right is that is that where that one went away to or no you know it's funny rob because uh you know we're, we're both fitness junkies and we love crossfit as much as we use a whiteboard for wads and uh, programming i i've actually taken the time out to just try to jot down my ideas right and just if i could see them daily they kind of uh they become, they become like like almost like a yeah, you, you kind of grow them, right? You kind of nurture them, and then uh, you're able to plot and scheme on them better. That's just what I find. No, I'm I'm right in there with you, too, because uh, so at my real desk, which is over there, this is the podcast studio of my office, which just basically means I move everything over because uh, the board doesn't fit on my desk. But I actually bought um, like a whiteboard. Uh, it's like a rollout, like a, like saran wrap, right? of like, uh, it's it's black, but you can write on it with erasable ink. And that's on the wall behind my desk because that's where all my notes go and my lines and my like, uh, it's like the, uh, I'm not gonna show it to you because then you steal my ideas, but it's like the, a beautiful mind. You know, <laughs> Russell Crowe is like moving all the things over there. You probably, no one could understand it anyway, but I feel the same for you that when you, you write something down and you see it, you're gonna do it, right? It's kind of like that workout, like we, like you said, like, there's days where I'm like, I'm not doing that, but it's on the board. So for some reason I did it. Yeah, I find yeah, you hit the nail on the head. You're, you're more inclined to get those things done if they're in the forefront, right? So um, it's a good tool, I guess, you know, we can we can share with your listeners, like you know, get a whiteboard, not only for working out, right? Get it for yeah. 
you know, if you're dream chasing or if you got things coming ahead, you know, you might be more sharp. I feel like too, and I use my phone a lot because we're all on our phones because come on, like you're just, this is your life, you know, is, is what you do. And, and as much as I don't want to be there, I'm still there. Um, I do a lot of notes in my phone and I do a lot of voice notes in my phone now, but for those things to come to fruition, I got to write them on the wall because I forget they're in there, you know? So it's like, I got to take that note and then I got to write on the wall, go back to note 8,792 in your phone to remind myself to do that. Cause again, it's that visualization. Right. Right. And it I, helps. I think, it helps. It, it totally helps. And I think it's something and, and here for my listeners out there, you know, the size up talks about a lot of different things and, and being a fitness junkie, this is going to be a more fitnessy episode, but don't tune out because we're probably going to talk some fire stuff and there's a lot of other things there. We are going to talk about CrossFit though. So we can just lay it out there that we're going to say the word a few times in this podcast because it's, it's a big part of, of, of your life here. And it, it was a huge part of mine for a really long time. Um, but we are going to say that word. And I think to get to your backstory a little bit, you know, how did you get into what came first, you know, the fitness or the fire service? Man, great question. I think the fitness first, just in general, just I remember being a kid, just having a passion for it. Uh, um, you know, I remember getting my first uh, pain with not doing squats properly, right? When you're young. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Can I ended up going to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wasn't doing things correctly, but you're just trying to stay fit for your high school sports or, you know, you do things in general, right? You just go to the gym, bench, but um, I had a love for it. I ended up yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had a love for it, and I, I went to school for uh, human movement and exercise science in uh, Sacred Heart University. So, um, you know, I always had a passion for it deep down, and it's, uh, I've had incremental growth from my 20s to where I'm at now, you know, nearly 42, just just being around it and having um, um, different knowledge bases of different things, like you know, the idea of being a strength coach and having cycles of a year, micro or macro, or, you know, just, uh, you know, doing bodybuilding when you're young to now having the passion for CrossFit. I love that you said in incremental growth, because when you're that young kid and you pick up a uh, flex magazine or muscle and fitness, you know, or, or something like that, and you see the folks in there, you see the, the pictures in there, you're like, I want to be just like that. And and in your mind, at again, at a young age, you're like, that happened overnight for that guy. And it didn't. It was all incremental growth over time. And I think that's oh, such yeah. a huge part of fitness, right? Is that incremental, how you said, from your 20s to now your 40s, the same as me, like how much you've grown and how much, how much you've changed, both physically and mentally. Yeah, I mean, um, the reason why I use that word, I feel like the knowledge base that you get when you're in school um, especially when you're young, um, unless there's like real application, which ends up happening over time, you kind of don't have like real reference. So, uh, you know, with, with age comes wisdom and that can be said as a, a training age, right? Mentally, like, um, you can have a training age physically, but you can also have a, a training age mentally knowing different styles of training or, I don't know if I'm making sense, but. You get the gist, making, yeah. yeah, you're definitely making sense to me too. And, and I think about that age of, of being in my teens and I'm about to have a teenager here. Well, actually I have a teenager, he's 13, but you know, going back to my early days and my early career, like you couldn't tell me anything. 
you know, and it wasn't saying like I knew everything, but I was saying that I knew everything um, or I was acting that way. And I look back now and I'm like, man, I had so much to learn then. But that was a really important time to think back to, to be able to be where I am today. Yeah, facts, facts. I mean, um, like I said, that, that's growth, right? Yeah, and, and and physically and mentally too, you know, people don't even think about that one, you know, and just about how your training styles change, you know, like now in my 40s, and you're, you're still out here doing it, man, like, like competing and, and doing all these things. And I, I'm to a stage where I'm like, you know, 10 years ago, I was deadlifting and squatting way heavier than I am now. And that's because that's what I wanted 10 years ago. Now, it's not really something that I'm chasing as much anymore. And I'm happy to be able to do with, like you said, good form and a decent amount of weight on the bar. Yeah, when, you, when you're younger, you can get away with um, being young, being able to recover fast and having bad habits. But uh, the more you get, um, the more you get an idea of how you respond to training, especially as you're getting older, right? Or you're in the fire service and, um, you know, the uh, the scheduling and those things become factors. You, know, you just got to be smarter about things, I think. And, and all the other factors that go into it, too. You know, it's it's the same. Like you said, being in the fire service, too. Like when I was first starting out at 25 and had no kids and uh, my current, my wife was my girlfriend, I could stay up all night at the firehouse. You know what I mean? I could do whatever I wanted to. Where now I'm like... Ooh, bedtime is a really nice thing because if we're up for the rest of the night, I need to get some sleep now type of a thing. Um, and there, there's just so many factors that I feel like, you know, when I was coming on, we were just learning about and we're still learning about them now, but they affect us day in and day out. And and I'm happy to see the change and, and folks like you out there pushing the change, you know? Yeah, you know, we we briefly before we got on, we, were, we mentioned uh, James Gearing with Behind the Shield and um, we've talked at length about the, just the general like schedule for most guys, right? Across the board, across yeah. the states. And, you know, you can hear when you hear somebody schedule, you immediately think, man, their circadian rhythm has to be off, right? Compared to a civilian and, um, you know, what they're getting daily through rest and through proper sleep. So, you know, you just got to be mindful of it because um, if you neglect it, it's, uh, it's like one of those key pieces that just it should be said, right, as part of the training of an athlete, it's, it's it behooves them to uh, know how much sleep they're getting or quality sleep, right? Yeah, it's that quality sleep end of it. And it's it's so funny, right? Like, again, going back to 10 years ago when I was very heavy into CrossFit and being a CrossFit coach and stuff, excuse me, I was chasing those PRs and things like that, right? You know what my favorite PR is now to chase that I get that almost same, almost same endorphin rush from? is when my watch tells me how good I did with my sleep goal last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I'm like, who would be tracking sleep? But it's so exciting to watch. It's like, hey, you slept good last night. Like, high five, Tracy. Yeah, it's good data to have, right? <laughs> right, and that's it. But these are things that, again, you know, probably even when you were, were, were going to Sacred Heart, were they really talking about the importance of sleep, you know, for athletes and things? I mean, you know, Pip, like when you go to school at the university level, it's, you know, you really start hitting your major, what, senior year, right? And uh, the big school thing, that long, senior... man, I'm not going to lie to you. You got me beat if you made it all four years. I, I made it a, a couple of couple months, well, over a year, but yeah, a couple of Man, I had no, I had no choice, man. I was a, uh, I was a kid from the inner city. I wanted to get it right once, but uh, I, I noticed that senior year, the big thing I noticed the Sacred Heart was doing was getting the student 
ready and prepared to either be, you know, athletic training track or exercise science track. And the big thing was the NSCA CSCS at the time. And that's what, what they drove home. And it was kind of like the Bible that you kind of went with. And, um, you know, they didn't, they didn't talk about sleep. I'm sure over in the book, uh, you know, there's probably some sections that there was a chapter were written about it. But I, I don't have a reference of it, you know, but that, that was my experience going through education. And the more and more uh, closer I got to a career. Um, when I was in school, it was just driven home, like to, you know, secure your CSES, secure your degree, and then figure out what space you're going to get into in the training world. I, I think we talked about this too, maybe the first or second time we had a phone conversation, but I actually got into Sacred Heart um, and just chose not to go there, um, chose to stay and, and do the whole county college thing. and and. I don't know if it was the best decision for me, if it was the worst decision for me, you can't go back and change, but it's such a, it's a, such a small university in Connecticut there that when you hear someone else that was like, I was like, man, we almost, what, what year were you there? Like when, when did you graduate high school? Graduated high school in 99 and I graduated. Uh, see, I, in, I would have been gone. Like graduated high school in 96, man. All right. I would have been gone when you were there. <laughs> Wait, I lost you on that one. What was it? No, I said you got me on a couple of years, bro. Yeah, a couple of years, a couple of years in there. But yeah, yeah. like it, it's just one of those things. It's funny when you hear someone. And and too, like when I was coming out of high school, I didn't really have the mindset so much for what I wanted to do. You know, I was looking at athletic trainer. I was kind of looking at nursing. I was definitely looking at the EMS and fire thing. And it just wasn't in the cards for me to go that route. And it ended up working out. Um, but the thing too, you know, coming out of high school and being kind of having an idea that you wanted to go into this athletic field and not just go to a gym and become a trainer, you know, because that, that CSCS and the NSCA certs are still one of the top certs out there to get as someone into sports performance or, or whatever they want to call it today. Yeah. I find that the, if I had to look back now on my, like the, just my knowledge base with fitness in different fields, the broad spectrum, it feels like, if you're going to be a strength coach, you know, at the college or collegiate level or the pro level, it's probably something that you need, right, in the resume. Yeah. Um, to have the CSCS and then um, kind of have internships or things that lend to, like, the training environment where there's, like, in-season, you know, post-season, pre-season. They, they're very big on pitching that, which is which is cool. I mean, because I, I was an intern at one time at the Fordham University as a strength coach, and... Uh, you know, I, I saw the application and it, and it did help the athletes, especially if you were able to like, uh, you know, be sound in your Olympic lifts and, you know, have like, you know, really side to side, be shifty and then be able to sprint or go long. It helped the collegiate level athletes. Yeah, you can see it. And I don't know if you just watched on Netflix and I, I just recently talked about this too uh, with another guest, but on uh, quarterbacks on Netflix. With, uh, with yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, I watching got, his I training got regime, like, I mean, it was a great documentary for so many reasons, but watching his training regime, even now my 13-year-old who plays lacrosse and, you know, works out with me in, in the garage and I'm teaching him some things, he was like, dude, dad, those machines he was using and the twisting and the power for his Uncle Rico style of throwing, and this kid can see that. When I was 13, I was like, yo, Phil Sims is a great quarterback and he doesn't even probably work out, you know, not even knowing those things. Yeah, yeah. I love Sims, but uh, speaking of the documentary, it felt like the uh, the strength coach at the time that he was working with that uh, was kind of his handler. Yeah. It was kind of cool to see how he, he was like trying to figure out movement patterns um, that could help the quarterback. And 
with his throwing and keeping him strong. It was fair, fair play to Netflix. They did a good job with that one. Yeah, they definitely, they definitely did. I think too. That, I mean, they hit, they kind of hit the nail on the head. They got lucky with who they picked for the three because they each three had very different stories that they could tie together too. Um, and you know, Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl, so there you go. Like you, you got the the you were able to spread out that season for the documentary so well. But again, that like how he was to me, and then showing my sons, I'm like, dude, that's a professional athlete. Like, look at the work he's putting in. And Kirk Cousins, too. I don't even want to take anything away from Kirk Cousins or Marcus Mariota because they talked about their training schedules. But, like, I think it was Mariota who was like, let's run hills. And they were running that steep incline there. That's awesome to me. Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of cool speaking on that uh, that scene with Marcus. It was like a, um, it's not a common way that people train. I don't see it on uh, I don't see it on Instagram. I don't see it visible, but um, I'm assuming doing doing hills work and uh, attacking the hill, um, the, the net gain as a as a powerful athlete on short sprints, it has to be huge. Um, and short incline sure sprints, like those, like inclined sprints, are just miserable. I actually have a workout that I have to do. I'm waiting for the fall. It's an hour long of just hill sprint feats. Pick a hill, run up it, come back down. Um, just as like a mental grind. I'm helping out. Wait, wait, go back. I lost your sound again. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. No, I was saying uh, I got a funny story about a hill. I was helping out at the Rogue Invitation a couple years back, and uh, Bill and Katie had had an implement that they uh, they used the hill um, for a couple of their workouts, and uh, we ended up devising a wad. <laughs> in the back the med team and uh we ended up getting in trouble for being on youtube just doing burpees and hill sprints but hell of a workout i mean if you got to do it you get out of breath and it's it's brutal man this and it's not an implement that you see often because i don't think most people just don't have access to it yeah it's the same as like stairs like if you have a good set of stairs like a good stadium set of stairs you know we talk about this in, in the fire service when people ask me and I, I know you get this question online all the time like i want to be a firefighter what should i do physically and one of my first answers is always stairs 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 and stairs oh yeah bro i remember me getting ready for the fdny and the lead up to it i i lived in um in uh, it's called a project but it's just uh it's just inner city building with like, you know, I think it has like 33 floors, the highest building. In my section, it was like 30 floors. And uh, I lived on the 19th at the time. And I had a vest and I just walk up and down the stairs. I made a point just to get those um, sessions in the bank because like for us, tactically, you know, you're going to be married to the bottle and you're, you're, you know, in New York City, you got to be able to climb the uh, buildings in your first two area, right? So... It helps to do stairs. You, you hit it right on the head, Pip. If, uh, if you're not training that way, you're, it's foolish. I am going to embarrass myself here a little bit because I don't have the names. And I really feel bad about this. But, you know, there was uh, when we were doing the 555 Honor Wads, um, a firefighter reached out to us. And I want to say he was from Houston because his brother uh, was lost on 9-11. And their father was an FDNY firefighter who retired and we hadn't made his brother's uh, wad yet. And so we started asking him some questions about, you know, his family and his history. And part of it was that uh, when his brother was transferring to Manhattan from wherever he had worked, 
he had asked his father about it because I guess his dad had worked in Manhattan for a really long time. And his dad was like, stairs, stairs and stairs. And so that workout has a lot of step ups in it. And if you don't have a set of stairs, just a step up is one of those great things. Step up, step down, step up, step down. That's just going to prepare you over time for, for what's to come. And I like how you said you're married to your gear, you're married to your bottle because that's not coming off. And some things are getting lighter and some things are getting heavier, let's just say, depending on the brand you're purchasing. And you need to be ready for that. The excuse of I'm not physically able to do this isn't really an excuse anymore. Uh, no, it's not going to, it's not going to be viable. I mean, uh, you know yourself that, uh, you owe it to yourself to be, be prepared in that sense, especially if you're in a big city and there's buildings in your first two area that you're going to have to climb. I mean, it, it pays, it pays to, to have that, that reference and have that, uh, that know and that wherewithal as, uh, as a firefighter yourself that you can do that because, I mean, I find, you know, chances are like, the work's going to be put in before the fire floor and then, and then you're going to work. So yeah, that's when the real, you, work, you know, it's like yeah, yeah, technically it's, the real work starts when you hit the fire floor, but really the real work starts on ground as you're climbing your way up there. Fire is going to be on the fire floor, what, what you're getting into. So um, I'll tell you a crazy story too, Pip. I, I recently did some work with Chris Henshaw and the aerobic capacity course. I know you know who Chris is. Yeah, man. My man he actually, he Taught me how to run yeah. in a matter of uh, like, you know, 30 seconds fixed my running for him. Then I'm like, you know, I've run marathons before. And he's like, well, now you'll run them better. Have a good day. <laughs> I love him. His, uh, his energy is infectious, but he has this, uh, he has this training piece that he uses with tactical athletes and firefighters, especially where, you know, you can hear the cadence off of a bottle and the way someone's breathing um, while they have an STBA on, it's like a super good tell of like where they are, are at, where they're at, right? Um, if they're if they're if they're coming off and their cadence is quick, and you know that's going to end up spiraling into a whole bunch of things. You know, you get disoriented mentally if you feel like you know you're not there. You just you labor and other things start to cascade on top of you and like, your duties. So. Um, you know, slow it down, right? Just just take it easy and just try to pace. Um, it's one of those things, things you can take away. It's also not really taught to, but it's a way for you to know where your partner is, right? Like, and who you're working with. Because, and especially for me, you know, my department has done a lot of hiring recently. So as an officer on my companies that I've, my, my engine company, and now I'm on the truck company, we always get the rookies. So those kids at their first fire, they're breathing, you know, 8 million times a minute, no matter what we're doing, just because it's their first fire, no matter how good a shape they're in. It's just what it is. And like, I've so gotten used to it. Like, I, man, just calm down a little bit, slow down your breathing. We'll be okay here. But as you work with veterans and you get to know them, you know, it's something you can be listening for because if all of a sudden, you know, if I'm with you and you start breathing differently and I can pick that up, that's got to clue me into something not being right. Right. Like there, there's something going on with you right now that maybe we should talk about before we go deeper into this warehouse. So I think that's a, that's a key thing, a key metric that no one, not many people are talking about, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. What you just mentioned is like, uh, it's, it's situations that can happen in the fire ground. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I remember being a probiotic, uh, it's hard, man. There's a lot of adrenaline. You, you want to prove your work, but, uh, you gotta be careful. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, I was I was in a fire with a, a probie not too long ago, and he was like, "I gotta go. My my lights are flashing." And I'm like, "No, man, you don't you don't go yet. You go when it starts to vibrate. You'll be okay." And within like two minutes later, he's like vibrating, and I'm like, "All right, dude." He's like, "What do I do?" I'm like, "Just go out and get another bottle and come back in." And he did, and I'm still, you know working from the time we started together and afterwards we had to talk about it and I'm like bro there's no I'm not you know you're okay that was okay you did everything right and I was like you were way more excited than I was because I've done this a couple more times than you have now you know yeah. for the next time slow my breathing down you know start to think about it because that air is precious and also you know to point out at that point you have to think how deep am I and how long have I been here and what do I have to get out of because I feel like when we talk firefighter emergencies and they run out of air, they may be a little too deep in the building to get back out. So it's that, again, cadence of your breathing and slowing it down. And it's a huge thing that people are learning now and talking about way more. The mental wherewithal for where you're at in terms of the fire ground, the building, what exposure. But on top of that, like, you know, doing your duties, but knowing like, hey, man, how deep am I, right? Where's my bottle? What's my bottle telling me? And, and how do I get out? And do I have time to get out? And yeah, and what these do you are uh, these are these are huge golden nuggets you're dropping, man. I remember what you were just saying a couple a uh, couple minutes ago about the uh, the box step ups. There is there's so much transferability in that movement for us, especially if you're loaded with a vest or dumbbells, right? Yeah, you're trying to go fast. There's, there's different different ways to use that tool. There's no go fast for me on box step ups. <laughs> I, have, I have come to that conclusion because except, I can, right? Except, except when they're programmed in the open. <laughs> but that's it too, where I've come to even understand with them. I've done so many of them. I could start off, man. I'm on fire. Like, look at me go, pow, pow, pow. Watch me, pow, pow, pow. And then, like, two minutes in, I'm like, I'm not going that fast anymore. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah. so like that, that you learn over time. You know, that like, and it's like what Hinshaw talks about things like that too. And he teaches people is like, get into your cadence and know your rhythm. It's the same as in, in a fire scene, know your rhythm. You know, you had said about knowing your duties. It's the same thing. When those lights start flashing, you need to start thinking about what work do I have to come? You know, do we still have to make another floor? Do we still have to make four more rooms? Or are we kind of narrowing things down here to, oh, we don't have to do much more work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of that stuff is it comes with experience because uh, you can get a flood of thoughts, and it's like you, know, you have to like you have to sort through it to see what's the hierarchy, right? And, and where am I with the with the team or with the engine or with the truck or wherever you're working? That is my job all day, every day, because I just get floods of thoughts throughout my mind in everything I do, and organizing them is you know my other part of my job. That I'm like, let's organize these, but it directly translates to what it is we do at work. Is, is taking on information, translating it, and moving forward. And under fatigue and under duress, it just becomes more challenging. You know, and you were just on the med staff at the CrossFit Games, which, again, CrossFit Games athletes are beyond elite-level athletes, and the workouts that are programmed there are beyond anything. But they are using their mental capacity to figure out how they're going to keep moving forward. And when you're there, I mean, I've been there, so you get to see that. It's just amazing. This episode's brought to you by the Affordable Standpipe Prop. Let's break it down real quick. Steve and the crew at Affordable Drill Towers is doing it again. They've created this fully custom and fabricated standpipe prop 
to support the fire service. I'm telling you right now, this is a game-changing piece of training equipment. And I want to hop into it real quick. It is designed with a 4-inch manifold of high-strength galvanized Schedule 10 pipe. The cart manifold are powder-coated red for a durable finish, meaning it's not just a talking piece. It's not something you tuck away on the shelf. This is a training prop that can be wheeled into the classroom and then brought out onto the training ground. And so let's talk about that. In the classroom, there's nothing better than having a hands-on prop in front of the students, in front of the fire companies that are there to learn about standpipe and FDC connections. Having that prop in the classroom allows for a great instructional lecture. And then from there, take the standpipe theory and translate it to the training grounds. You could wheel the cart out that's on casters. You wheel it out into the parking lot. And that same training prop that you just used hands-on in the classroom can now be used hands-on on the training ground by pumping into it and flowing out of it. It offers such versatility in its approach. It has a two and a half inch Siamese connection, seven two and a half inch outlets, six of which are standpipe valves, has a water motor gong, sprinkler head with a control valve, and a system pressure gauge. You can also upgrade and put three of the most common field adjustable PRVs. I'm telling you right now, this is a game-changing training prop that needs to be in every fire company or training department across the country. Reach out to Steve and the crew, info at affordabledrilltowers.com. Ask for a demo, ask for information, or check them out on social media and YouTube. There's plenty of content out there that shows you exactly what the affordable standpipe prop can do for you. This episode's brought to you by Taylor's Tins. Taylor and her crew at Taylor's Tins have been manufacturing aluminum helmet fronts since 2017. With over 200,000 tins in the market, they are a leader in the helmet front space. Custom design, one-offs to department orders, they can turn them around within 24 to 48 hours. Customer service is what they pride themselves on and they provide nothing but top shelf product and service to their customers. Check them out at taylorstins.com and check out their full line of product offering. They've always been a very strong supporter since day one with the National Fire Radio podcast and platform. And Taylor and his crew have become dear friends of ours, and we appreciate the support. And at checkout, for a little extra bonus, use coupon code NFR sent me. That's NFR sent me for a discount on your order. Exclusions do apply. Anyway, check out taylorstins.com. For the latest and greatest offerings from Taylor and his crew. And in the words of Taylor, stop burning up leather. Cross it just in general, in terms of what we were talking about before. I mean, using it or the application of doing a wad and getting to that moment, right, where you know it's really, really bad, you're out of breath. At that moment, there's so much transferability to us at work, right? Yeah. You know, depending on the evolution, whether it's short, you know, it's a five, six to seven to eight minute wide. And then, you know, the 20 minute wide, you know, being able to sustain yourself to do it well, right? It, it, it helps us. It, it helps the tactical athletes. It helps firefighters. It helps cops. Overall beneficial. Love being at the games too, Pip. Love being That's at great. the games. We definitely got to get into that. But now you got me on a, on this path of, of how this all works, right? And, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a path that I love to talk about because no one really taught me about it. No, I shouldn't say them. I'm going to sound like a tool if I say it that way. People taught me about it, but then when you when it clicks in your head for how this translation works, that's when you get the full buy-in. And for me, it was when 
you know, people are like, oh, you do these workouts and there's rest in the middle of them. Like who rests in a workout or something like that? And I'm like, but it's only like a minute of rest. And I always like to compare it to like the alarm comes in, right? And you're amped up and you're getting yourself all ready. That's like your first five minutes of a, of a AMRAP. And then you get a minute of rest. And it's really not rest on the fire ground. You're putting your mask on. But that minute of rest is my time to focus and, and now as an officer, make my 360 and make my call as to what the crew is going to do at this incident. Then you mask up. Now it's your next five minutes, which is generally the pure adrenaline terror rush of the beginning of an incident, right? And then again, you get that little bit of lull. If you're on the engine company, oh, they opened the line, so it got a little cooler. If you're searching ahead of the line, the same thing. They opened the line, it got a little cooler then you kind of can focus again and bring it back. And so to me, there's just so much of that direct translation. And, and when it clicked for me, I was like, yep, I'm in. Thank you. You ended up talking about intervals and how uh, the application on the fiber. That was really nice. Nice job. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I, I totally got stuck listening. Like, wow, great, <laughs> great, anal great analogy, man. You really, when you think, and too, like, think, cause you, you, you do the job, you know, and then you, you get that little bit of lull, you know, or, or maybe your lull is to come out and change bottles. You know, I know where you work, there's a lot of firefighters. So sometimes you're not changing bottles as much as the rest of us are out there. Cause there's no one else to, to come in, but those are my lulls of like, this is my recovery. You know, it's another reason why I love like a 20 or like a 15 minute workout, five minute rest, 15 minute workout again. Because that five minute rest is me getting a new bottle, being like, hey, man, put, put another tank on. I got to go back in. That's where I got to collect myself and focus for what the mission is going to be next. Um, and it's just something that I love about working out. I don't know. I never thought I'd be saying things like this in my life. Yeah, I, I love that, uh, that style of training. I, I kind of get geeked out when I hear the way people train, you know, how, what's their applications, right? And, um, you know, I have some of that stuff in my training log, but um, it definitely helps. Yeah. And again, writing it all down too. Like I, I go back to old training logs, you know, when I was more of a handwritten type guy and I'm saying things like that and I'm like, well, this makes sense now, you know, but so, all right. So you hired by the FDNY. We did college. We totally just got off on our own fitness tangent. So for the people that aren't the fitness junkies, hopefully they're listening because we talked <laughs> fire in there too, though. There was fire stuff, fire nuggets. Yeah. We, we sprinkled yeah, in golden, golden nuggets, man. golden fire nuggets that have to do with fitness. but college you did the whole athletic trainer sports medicine not sports medicine um strength training type thing what led you to the fdny uh wait your sound is shot again dude i don't know why it keeps cutting out can you hear me now now i got you yeah i don't know your sound keeps like as you would you take a couple seconds off like for some reason it's it's cutting out but i got you now go ahead Oh, I did it again. Oh, yeah. There you go. When I, can you hear me now? Yep, yep, yep. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Uh, just when I was in college, my, my freshman year college roommate, when I was a senior at the time, it made me aware of the fact that uh, there was a test coming out in the city. And uh, the way he explained the fire service and um, some of the things about the job and uh, the pension, the benefits, helping people, um, being in a wolf pack kind of environment with other, like, you know, call them tactical athletes, right? Um, it's almost like a locker room setting. That sounded like something I wanted to be a part of. So that that's what got me all in on trying. Awesome. And hired off your first test or did you take multiple tests or did you go the EMS route? Yeah, we 
four years of four years of waiting. Four years of waiting. That's the same for me. I was four years on a list before I had gotten hired. And and that's something too, that patience that pays off in the end. Some people don't have that patience, you know. To give you the bridge between to give you a better uh, you know idea of where I was at. I went from school, I was a personal trainer for some time uh, with Lehman Brothers um, for a company that they had had outsourced for fitness. I did physical therapy aid um, and then personal training here and there, but then I was all, all, all steam ahead on getting to the academy and starting my career. That's awesome, man. I, I just love hearing people's stories like that too, because it, it always brings me, it brings me back to my own. Like I'm sure when you hear it, it brings you back to your own and that journey and the fact that it paid off in the end and you're loving everything you do, you know? And I think that that's huge in our part of our business is you have to love it. And I got, I, I'd be a missed uh, or remiss if I didn't mention my, uh, my mom and my parents and my uncle, um, the people that pushed me, you know, to see it through, right? I, I was more in my community it was more visible to see cops than it was to see firefighters. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be the first one in my family to do it. And I hope there's more to continue. That's awesome, man. It, it, yeah. Uh, and that too, there's all these other people that are involved in you becoming a firefighter. It's not just you. Right. And, and you're doing it for so many other people to see you through. Yep. I love it. I love that kind of stuff. So then you're, you're rocking out for the FDNY and FDNY CrossFit became a thing because of how? Trending during my styles of training, being a firefighter was more like, like you mentioned, it was like more like interval work or, you know, doing repetitions at a station, keeping moving, keeping it moving, or just trying to look good with my shirt off. Right. Like, let's keep the truth. That's in part it. of it. Part of it. Um, and then I, I was flirting around with Spartan races for a little bit. And then uh, um, while I was an intern at Fordham University as a strength coach, the uh, one of the assistant strength coaches at the time, he was big into CrossFit and he put me on. And at the time, Rich was really big, Rich Groning, Sam Briggs, Matt Chan. And it, it got me really curious because they were they were winning, right? They were, they were high-end athletes that were in the CrossFit space, but they had a cup of coffee being firefighters. So it, it really intrigued me. And then I was fully all in. Um, um, Cause I, I wanted that, I, I wanted that style of training to be a part of my life. And I, and I thought that the methodology and the education from it was, was spot on. And so that, and then it just became FDNY CrossFit for you, right? But you started out as something, oh, right? oh. you started out as, as, as a different name, I think, right? I originally, we started off as a FDNY Barbell Club. Um, the original idea being behind it was that I didn't want to box out anybody that possibly was like a power lifter or a uh, Olympic lifter in the job. But the heart of hearts, it was, it was always CrossFit. I mean, we were trying to line up a competition with NYPD CrossFit in its infancy. And then, I um, mean, you know, we've grown um, so much, you know, having our own YouTube against NYPD, having our own benchmark. And it, it felt like it just made sense to become an LEO affiliate uh, last year with the help of uh, Paul Tremblay. Uh, and then we, we've been an affiliate ever since as an LEO. It's so cool, too, because, I mean, again, the FDNY, it's huge, a humongous department. When you look at bigger departments that you guys have, a baseball team, a volleyball team, a hockey team, and then you're so big, you guys have club sports, I guess, is a good way to kind of put it, right? Where firehouses, yeah, yeah. And, firehouses and things where... 
what I like seeing now in, in my tenure of this is, you know, I work for a smaller department. There's 108 of us, I think now, but you know, we are now teaming up. We have a hockey team that isn't just my department. It's members all from New Jersey and they play the FDNY. They, they play the NYPD and things. And it's cool to see sports taking such a, a part of our lives. Cause it kind of is part of most emergency service providers lives. I feel like. Anyone that's in the fire service, I mean, to stay physically active and just moving, right? Like, if you have something to train for, I think you're more inclined, and, you know, to keep in shape, keep your health markers good with your blood profile, and just, you know, just checking the box to be, be ready, especially operational readiness. It, there's a perfect marriage, and, and it doesn't hurt to have fun doing the sport. I, I enjoy competing. Um, I've had successes, I've had my failures on the competition floor, but I think I'm happy that it's, it's allowed me to stay prepared for work. Yeah, I definitely see that with our hockey guys. I think we have the most, like, of outside sports, the most guys are playing hockey at this point, and, like, seeing their competitive juices flowing for their games, and, you know, they do, I know, like, you guys do a lot of a charity work uh, with your competitions and, and with these things, and it's just, again, another layer of the this is just one more thing you can do that makes this career so great. It's funny you bring that up, Pip. Uh, I, I was just competing recently at the Winnipeg um, at the World Police Fire Games. I I wish more people had known about it, you know, or more people or, or find out about it because it's cops and firemen and it allows you biannually every two years to gear up and, and compete and, um, you know, network and, and hear other stories of other people around the world. It's uh, it's a good sporting event and it's a good opportunity for all of us. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I got to be a part of them in Los Angeles, like in 2018 or so, you know, through five, five, 2017, 2017, 2017. Los Angeles. Yeah. And, and the event yeah. moves every two years. Um, and I know they've been overseas. And so that's another great chance for you to get to go overseas. And I think my misnomer for it in the beginning was like, oh, these are the elite level athletes of everything. And and listen, there are definitely some people there that are just amazing athletes, but there's so many different things you can compete in. And it's that networking event. I think that's the, the clutch part about it, that they don't push well enough. The ultimate ambassador for it. I mean, with this outlet, Pip, I mean, the, uh, the amount of... Uh the spider web that you can create from it, the amount of people you're going to be talking to keep pitching that event, man. It's a, it's spot on. It's fun. And uh, like I said, it allows you every two years to travel. I've been to the one in Virginia. I've been to it in LA, New York, uh, Chengdu, China, and now Winnipeg. You went to China too for it? In CrossFit in that one. You were? Oh, I'm sorry. The beginning cut out. You were? That's awesome. Man. China in 19, and then I, I came back silver in uh, my age group. Nice, man. I, I did not know that. And it's funny that this podcast kind of got spurred on because uh, I thought I thought he won the World Police and Fire Games when I read his post real quick. And my own fireman brain, I'm like, oh, my God, i got to congratulate him. I read the post so quick. I send him a message. He's like, I didn't win. <laughs> the guys were excellent. Um, they were better, man. Hats off to him. Who won? I'm sorry, because again, the, the beginning keeps cutting out for some reason. It's really weird. I don't know. No, I, I was saying that the uh, the guy that won my age group, he was a cop, I believe, from West Virginia. 
Oh, and he, he was, he was, he was, he was, I know, but he was excellent, man. He was, uh, he was just at a different gear every time, you know, you looked in the lane or you heard the announcer talk about him over the PA, you were just like, you know, he's just, just better overall athlete. Now I know when it was in LA too, you know, everything was really spread out. Like I only got to watch CrossFit and we watched some powerlifting and something else. Like, was that how it was in Winnipeg? Was it really spread out or was it more like concise that you could see a lot of the different events and things you see convention center okay they had a couple sports um, exclusively there but i think with the world police fire games they try to make it an experience with the city so they end up you know just trying to use different venues so that you know you, you get an idea of the city you get to travel um to go see the sports you know they have their own athlete village so um, it becomes an experience when you're at the stay of the city. So, you know, you're just not hard, fast, and married to your only spot that you're going to for your sport. Yeah, and I think, too, like you had said, like that that spider web that spreads out from there, just meeting different people and different disciplines and different departments and even meeting cops. You know, we're firemen. We don't we, we talk to cops and we do the whole everything's together, but you're meeting them as well while you're out there competing with them and hearing their stories and things. Hats off to them. Um, the guys in blue and you know sometimes you know they take a beating uh, you know whether it be in the news or, uh how people feel about them so you know we're we're lucky as firefighters because uh, you know, we're always helping people out in the jam they're looking for us for help but i feel like you always deal with a cop you're in the jam yeah and you're not you're not inclined to give them their their credit but like if in need first thing we're going to do to we call nine one one if we're looking for one of them, right? So oh, yeah, dude. if uh, if I call the radio, being like, send the police now, like you're you're always looking for them when you need them. It's one of those things, and and knowing they're out there and you're competing with them, and you get the fun rivalry too, you know, because the rivalry is there. Like there's no that's, that's there. I mean, um, that's that's just um, how it is, right? Uh, we're prideful for for our jobs, but uh, it's always good to do stuff with them that they can be forward facing. Yeah. And so, so you finish the world police and fire games and you compete for a few days and I'm like, Hey man, come jump on the podcast. And you're like, I'm on a plane to Madison, Wisconsin now, because another thing that's near and dear to your heart and something that I miss being able to, to be a part of is the, is the CrossFit med team. And I don't think a lot of people even know that exists. You know, I know when I did it, it was in its earlier stages of, of regionals and it's definitely changed. I was part of I was in it when the change kind of happened uh, to stepping it up to another level, I guess, than what it was. But, you know, how is that all broken down and made up of for folks that may not know how that works? What's that? It's just how the team is comprised. Is that yeah, like, I, I guess, or even just what it is you guys do, you know, with, with CrossFit Med, because people don't really, again, I don't think many even CrossFit folks know, you know, that what the red shirts are out there doing um, or, or their important role that they play in the in the crossfit world uh, for myself as president of fdny crossfit and then the uh, bp sasha gomez we've been on the team since 2019 and uh it was more through networking that we were able to get seated on the team um to help out but it, it's it's a plus that as fdny crossfit affiliate that we're helping out our games um staff for their set event the super bowl but um, if people are interested and just want to know how it works, it's uh, the CrossFit Games medical team oversees all the events of the season. 
Um, you know, you get the open announcement that they're always going to be visible at a semifinal and then at the games, but um, they're led by doctors um, at the highest point of the hierarchy that uh, that are part of um, the sports side of the company. And then filtering down within that is comprised of mostly uh, firefighters, um, physicians, orthopedists, nurses, um, visible people in first responder communities, medics, and then, um, you know, just helping out each event to make sure that the athletes get the best care that they can to see them through the season, to see them through the weekend um, so that the fittest can, can be assisted in that, in that if they need that. And it's, it's one of those things too, because, you know, when you think about sports, you know, or you have a big sporting event, you know, usually those sports teams that come bring, have their own athletic training staff and, you know, uh, med staff and things like that. And that's exactly what, what the CrossFit medical team is part of, because in Madison, you know, the Madison fire department and their EMS partners out there have rigs and things on the scene. Um, but what the CrossFit med team does at, at their events is they're actually kind of like the floor personnel. So if an athlete gets injured the CrossFit med team is the first first responders and then you're backed up by the local emergency responders or the um, like the event location responders, correct? It's a special group because uh, with the red shirt and being on the medical team, it's, you get to be part of the field of play um, just in case anything goes down. I mean, there's only two teams that are allowed near the athletes during field of play and that's judges and medical because um, if we're needed, we got to be right there on top of it, uh, just in case anything goes down from as, as broad as like a burn or, you know, somebody having a full, you know, activation of a, possibly a cardiac arrest or uh, something happening that's dire need. Um, so um, I'm, I'm fortunate and I'm grateful that as a volunteer, I've grown now to be um, someone that's a medical lead, but it, it's a special group. Yeah, for sure. And, and people don't think about that. Like, well, I shouldn't say that because I think now, you know, with, with the recent uh, cardiac arrest of, of uh, LeBron James son and um, oh, what football team did he play for? What was it? Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. Yeah. You know, we're starting to see this more where it's when people and when I was into running a lot and, you know, someone would would go into like a cardiac arrest at a marathon and someone's like, oh, that's why I'm not going to run a marathon because that guy went into cardiac arrest. You know, these things can happen anywhere. The same as with CrossFit, an injury can happen or a cardiac arrest can happen. Um, it, it's just the way of being prepared. And that's what I think CrossFit Med's big thing is. They're prepared to take care of their athletes. You guys are 100% prepared. Set it up. I mean, to get a deep delve dive. I mean, um, Doctor Doctor Ray, Mike Ray, the, who heads the whole team. You know the way that uh, the the OGs or the Godfathers of the med team, like uh, Owen Baluch. You know the way they had set it up is that you know on the corners of the field of play, there's uh, first responders, you know, medics and fire and, and nurses who feed things daily that can react at a moment's notice. And then, like you said, it goes up the food chain if needed. We'll use more resources, and then we could, uh, you know, help the athletes out. We've had some some close calls over the years, and then um, we've, we've stepped up, right? So um, we're forward-facing, and, and like, we, like we say, being part of the Open, um, being part of the semifinals, and then being part of the games, it's, it's special to all of us on the men's team. And there's so many names to talk about, but um, 
I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. There are some amazing people on that med team because I'm fortunate to know a fair amount of them from my own journeys in, in the CrossFit world and, and doing the, the Northeast regionals a couple of times and then working the games for assault and, and meeting some more people and and being in the company of like Owen and, and Cam and Doc Rocket. And I'm not going to name drop, even though I just did. But, you know, I think part of what it comes down to, too, is that everyone on the med team is also an athlete, right? So you kind of know the difference of all right, that person over there is looking a little weary, wobbly right now, but they should be as opposed to, oh, no, that's not looking good. You know, different scenes or medical calls, like we can tell when somebody's laboring and even more so, like you, you mentioned, as an athlete going through workouts. I mean, you, you can know when somebody's hurt or if something's visibly wrong or something went wrong that, that it could hurt you during a workout or if something falls on you or whatever the case. Actually, uh, I just wanted to give you a note to jot down when you get through it. You got your next three podcasts naming those three guys. <laughs> <laughs> this would be like the CrossFit Med Staff podcast, right? Like I want to get that. So sprinkle I, I it in, sprinkle it. We'll in. sprinkle them in there every now and again, you know. And and Doc Rocket, you know, is is an amazing orthopedist. We we don't even have to talk about CrossFit. We can just talk about orthopedic injuries and what you can do to prevent yourself from going to see Doc Rocket is the easiest way to put it. I had a brief moment with him. And, um, you know, I, the sentiments that I expressed and, and why he's so good is because he's had so many successful stories with helping out athletes, like, at the moment's notice or, like, you know, go from, like, saving Emily Rolf's life, right, of a potential blood clot in her body. And I think they know um, in the back or when they're warming up or just through talk or text, like, the way he's handled situations is the athletes are inclined and feel really comfortable with them. Yeah, it's just from being that like, uh, like OG, like you said, like he's just been there since I, don't know, I was on med staff with him in 2015 or 2016. You know, he's been there that long. You brought you brought him up, and uh, we were talking about you know you knowing him and, and CrossFit Launchpad and his wife. So who was that? I missed the name because uh, again, you cut out a little bit. Rhonda, Rhonda, you were you were talking about CrossFit Launchpad. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and knowing and knowing Rocket, uh, yep. it's one of the first times we spoke on the phone. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just those cool things and and having those connections and knowing how much passion those folks have for this and it's just one more thing to look out for. You know, when you can get involved in anything like that. Again, as a an, a first responder, you know, I bring a med kit in my car for my son's lacrosse games. Even though they have training staff there, I still want to be ready just in case something else goes awry. That makes you a buff. It makes me a buff that I bring the med kit for my kids thing. <laughs> laying it out. You walked there. into that. You walked into that. I, I did. You I did. walked into that. Yeah. Maybe you know. Okay, it makes me a buff because in the med kit is a is a tourniquet. Like, because you never know, man. I mean, lacrosse <laughs> sticks and balls flying around, and dude, my kid, my son. So. All right, I'm gonna toot my own son's horn. You can push kids out. I don't know how much you know about lacrosse, but part of it is like you can push kids out of bounds, and then the ball turns over. And we went to this tournament in all, this past year, and all these parents were sitting really close to the sidelines. And I'm like, that seems really close to be sitting, but whatever. And, and my son is not a larger, imposing 13-year-old like some of these boys are out there, but he gets into it, and he pushed the kid out of bounds, 
and the kid flew into these two parents and they were in like the folding chair things and they just flipped back over and i'm like oh my god he just not only injured a kid but he took out two parents too at this thing <laughs> the game had to stop everybody's helping him. i didn't lead. what's that i was saying move large loads quickly yeah i did not get my uh my buff kit out for that one everybody got up and moved on but i was prepared just in case <laughs> Uh, I love firemen. I love the way it just never ends, right? You're just going to always have fun with each other and, and go on with it. You just want to be prepared, right? That's it, man. That's what it's all about. So look, man, we're getting close to that hour, and I know, I know you got somewhere to be. So where can all the folks find you and all the FDNY CrossFit info that they are looking for if they want to do some of your workouts, you know, participate, you know, virtually. I know you kind of have some things that go on throughout the year. So just make sure we, we get some shout outs there to what you got happening this year. On social media, if, uh, if anybody wanted to get in touch with us and find out what we're about as a LEO affiliate, it's uh, at FDNY underscore CrossFit. Um, and then my, my personal handle is at WorldFireRick. And uh, that's how you can get in touch with me. I'm mostly on those two social media handles. We have a Facebook as well, but it's, uh, I don't know. I feel like Facebook is like phasing out. I don't think it's as forward facing. Right there with you, man. Instagram is the easiest way, even, even for the size of podcast. If you want to get in touch with me, it's, it's you got to get in touch with me there. Cause yeah, that, that's what, that's what people are on right now. Yeah. That's what they're scrolling. That's what the 13 year old scrolling all the time is Instagram. So. <laughs> and I can't figure out TikTok, so I just gave up on that one. Oh, that's where he was. That's where he was scrolling Pip, to learn how to check people in the cross. Yeah, dude, I'm not <laughs> kidding you. That's he'll show me videos, and I'm like, "Can you do that?" He's like, "Yeah, I can do that. I learned it here." Same thing, the cross things, you know. That's and awesome. dude, it's one of those things too, where even with with fitness and and workouts and with with the way we started five 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 was, you know, man, do that search hashtag firefighter fitness or hashtag FDNY CrossFit. You're going to see so many things out there. You know, it, it's when people have that excuse, like, I, I don't know what to do. Dude, you're, you're sitting on your phone, Google it, and it's going to come up with that workout for you that day. Departments become affiliates. Uh, so the beginning cut out, but you want more people to become affiliates? I would, I would love if more departments became affiliates because it would it would it would spread the message of crossfit more um how that much does that entail like can you maybe because maybe people don't even understand that end of it you know like well it's it's not that complicated if you can become a non-for-profit within your department or whoever you have to reach out as an affiliated group or as a fraternal group if that's the the opportunity that you have within your department um all you have to do is reach out to the education department and then uh put your application to submit for an LEO affiliate um, and then take it from there. I don't, I don't see any impasse or real um, battles to go through or roadblocks. It's just uh, having your ducks in a row with those things. And it's one of those things too, where even if you're just guys working out in your station and your union is a not-for-profit or your volunteer agency is a not-for-profit, you know, that's, the way you can get in and now you're boom an affiliate like you guys and can, can probably get more benefits out of out of anything more you know those benefits are just going to help you're already doing the work so why not reach out and try and make that happen exponential i mean you know pippy and i work man you can get a couple guys to tag along with you on workouts or you know with me it's a little bit of a broader reach because uh, there's eleven thousand of us but um there, there is a net gain there's a net gain for people's careers and 
we could sustain them and have them longer and guys can be healthy. That's it, man. That is a great way to end the part of the podcast where we talk about fitness and fire sprinkles. And now I just make you answer questions for, for a couple seconds here to see, to get into your mind. And one day I'm going to break these down. So you have to be prepared for this. And we didn't even talk about your painting. We're going to next podcast part two. We're going to talk about your painting passion back there. That's a great, great painting. painting I, I i just enjoy doing it because it, i find it relaxes me i know you made mention before it's big with wine classes but uh, i've used them to go out with my wife on dates but i uh, also don't mind going alone to see if i i can visually see something and replicate it with my own hands i i find that there, there's uh it, it feels good at the end of the day when you walk away and you did something well I mean, it looks pretty good. If you can see it, it's like it looks like, amazing right there, man. If you're watching on YouTube, it look, listen, I am the exact opposite of you because I find that I cannot replicate things in the art world that the person did, no matter what, how many glasses of wine I have or don't have. And the lady's like, <laughs> it's like Bob Ross, like, oh, I just scrape the paint here. And the lady's saying something. And I'm like, this is not mine, looks nothing like that. They go in the trash when I'm done at one of those painting and sip things. I remember as a kid watching them, it just, you just went into like a lull or a little trance, just get stuck looking at the guy talking. His, uh, his energy was just infectious to paint. Oh, dude, I, I can watch him over and over again. I just can't paint like him at all. There, and there's a movie coming out with him. Uh, I think Will Farrell's playing him or something like that. When that comes out, you gotta, you gotta send me the trailer, bro. <laughs> I think it's happening, so I'll, I'll I'll let you know when it comes out. That that would be a good one. The Bob Ross. We could maybe do a painting thing. Like you can paint, and I'll paint with you, and people could watch my frustration. That would be fun. I don't know, man. If you're looking for views, I don't know how many you're going to get off that one. It's better than a workout. I'll tell than watching me work out. And loads of people have watched me work out and fail. So if they want to watch me paint and fail, it may work out. <laughs> <laughs> All What's right, the man, question? Gonna, Shoot away. We're going to go quick so we don't lose your, your audio here. So the size of okay. 10, you tell me. Beach or mountains, which one? Beach. Night out or night in? That's hard. Night in with the say. wife, night out with the guy. Oh, I like that one. I like it. A good book or a good movie? It's a good book now. Good book now, for sure. Cross-country road trip, who's your co-pilot? Your wife, I'm, I'm reading your lips. <laughs> I don't know my why. Wife, my wife, my wife, yeah. my wife, yeah. Uh, do you make your bed every day? Always, first thing I do. Good man. One million dollars right now, or go back to 18 with a redo? Hum a little first, hum a little because I'm not going to get your audio. Give me the money. Give you want the money right now? It doesn't exist, man. Yeah. Sorry, I just ruined your your, your thing. It doesn't <laughs> exist. Highways or back roads? Highways. Highways got to get there fast. A bucket list place to visit. If anyone's listening, Taramina, Sicily. Oh, that's my motherland right there, man. I haven't been to Taramina though, but that's my motherland. Must see, brother. All right, I'll get there next time with the boys. All right, football or football? Football for sure. Yeah, American. I, I thought it was American football. I'll go. <laughs> and 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 last but not least, and make sure you 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 lead up with it so we don't miss this one. Best advice you could give to your younger self. 
to my younger self is uh, is dream and try. Dream and try, because you never know. I love it, man, because those dreams, you know, you, everybody has to dream and everybody needs dreams, but you have to try to make them realities, right? And that's just such a, a great message to end on. You, you got to get in, man. You got to try. I mean, because if you don't, then, then there's so many more things that cascade, like regret or, you know, I wish I did. You don't want that. that I'm is. sorry about the audio as well, Pip. I'm sorry that, it, that uh, was the It's funny. It's just like the first two words, but what you're saying is still coming out. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not a it's not a thing. You can barely even tell. So I think we'll be okay with it, man. I'm I'm good with it. And if it's really horrible, we'll just do another one another day. And this one will be out there and we'll make a better one with painting involved. Yeah, you'll follow me do this like Ross. <laughs> It'll be just Bob, just like Bob Ross Fireman Edition. East Coast Fireman yeah, yeah, Edition yeah, yeah, of Bob yeah. Ross. Maybe we could have a class. I can get a bunch of people, see who we can line. I up. might, I might, I might be one of the only few pip that you interview as a firefighter that's gonna have a painting in the background. So it could be. You could be the only <laughs> one, man. I may actually just screenshot this and make it your picture for the 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 title of the interview just because the, the painting's back there and it's so amazing. So <laughs> listen, Rick. It has been great interviewing you, man. I can't thank you enough for coming on. We're going to have to, as I say this with all my guests, I want to do a part two because we just got more to talk about, I'm sure. I'm grateful that you asked, Pip, first off. And um, uh, I, I've seen what you've done with 555 Fitness. And I, I had such a such a good time being on here, man. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. Awesome, brother, man. It's been a great conversation. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you from our sponsors, uh, my friends at Fire Department Coffee for my new hat that I got and keeping me, me caffeinated. Also, to a quick shout out for our friends at Assault Fitness, and we didn't even talk about Assault Fitness products, so we're going to have to do that another time, too, because I go way back with them, and they suck their products, suck the life out of me, and you, and anyone else who ever gets on those devil machines that they make. Part two, Pip. We'll do the part two. Part two for sure, man. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I will catch you all next Tuesday.